0: Okay. Hi. This is, I guess, the first official episode of my Hack DM podcast. I'm Peter Smith, or PJ, probably mostly referred to as PJ. And I'm with Dan. Say something so they know your voice. Good day. I'm Dan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I guess basically our first topic should be what happened with our last D&D session, which I think on my last uh, podcast, of episode zero, I said that. It would probably be a good three weeks before I started my Eclipse Phase game, but uh, things don't always turn out that way, and I happen to <laughs> <laughs> kill everyone, so what exactly happened?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say that Eclipse Phase should have been, been introduced to at least Leah and Adam, even though Leah has been wanting to offer a character for so long, but refused to ever let it die. Adam wasn't really enthusiastic about the fight, I thought. And just the start of the fight was terrible. We were split up so bad.
0: Well, to be fair, Adam has been asking me to TPK you guys by just saying you guys are dead for, like, a month. Like, basically, as soon as I told him that to Eclipse Phase was out and showed him the PDF, he was like, Okay, well, can you just kill us so we can play Yeah, but, like, you've been doing the kid for, like, two
1: years. Two years, and it's the last dungeon, like... It's one last little bit.
0: Oh, well, trust me, I'm not happy about it. I spent, like, 20 hours working on that dungeon. I I wanted
1: to do a redo of the fight, because... Ugh. But then... Yeah,
0: I was sort of thinking of just saying, like, yeah, okay, we'll do a redo, but no one else really was, like, pressing for it. Like, I think Kyle wanted to as well, but everyone else was just like, whatever, I don't care. Because, like, the... uh Oh, basically the fight, because I guess we should actually say what the fight was even with. I had a couple of... Or I think I had four Oblivion Wraiths and a Lich. Uh, I think the Lich was some R- from some RPGA adventure. I can't, it, I can't remember its exact name. But anyway, the basic idea was they had auras that stopped healing surges and did uh, necrotic damage. And um, the group was basically just dying from like the area damage and not being able to heal. And they were in a bad position because at the beginning of the fight... Uh, our friend Kyle sort of went off by himself to trigger the fight, and a whole bunch of other stuff was going on. It was just really not a good scene. But I, I think the major problem with the fight was that it took two pretty much whole sessions to do. So yeah. by the end of that, people were hearing like redo, and they were like, no, there's no way in hell I'm going through another two sessions of fighting like that. It, the, okay,
1: first of all, there was the problem that when we started the fight, Kyle blocked off the intersection and none, he was in the aura. No one could get to the bad guys, because he had them blocked off, and they were
0: surrounding and him. And no they one all heal him, because he's in the aura. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the issues with that is, in a lot of 4th edition stuff, they say to use big, expansive rooms. But I sort of, I guess, styled it more like 3rd edition, where it was kind of small. But I thought it would actually help you guys, if you could block them off <laughs> like that. But in the end, it ended up
1: not. It just, <laughs> well, the
0: thing is, I was saying to
1: Kyle like in the start, part, I'm like, dude, move back. Move back. I'm like, let us get in, because... He, and he just sat there, and he fought and fought, and I'm like, okay, well, if he's not going to move, I might as well try and get Calvin out. And he finally did move, and he ports the other side of the room, which he was already, I think, at like half health by then. He couldn't heal, yeah. and they went
0: over, and they just finished him off. And we had no defender. And he, yeah, he's a sword mage, so he's got all, like a decent amount of teleporting stuff, yeah. especially with the build he went. And yeah, he was the defender. But of course, like he lets himself get so weak that he basically can't do anything. He can't defend because mm-hmm. like he's dead as soon as he starts defending, especially with the healing surge issue. And yeah, he teleports out of there. And then of course, uh, Leah, as cleric leader, comes in to the <laughs> the spot next. And I mean, they're undead, so maybe a good idea. But it's like chop chop, and she's dead, and that was, like, the end of, like, any hope of actual healing occurring. Ugh. I I was just happy that I
1: managed to stop the aura, one, in the first session. I didn't know it was on a recharge, which you mentioned later. No, the aura wasn't on a recharge. Well, not the aura, pardon me, the Lich Zone that it made. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that was one of the big, uh, because that was one of the zones that was, because it was difficult terrain.
0: Yeah, the Lich Zone uh, did difficult terrain, and it did, I think, uh, 10 necrotic cold when you were in the zone at start of turn. And yeah, it was a recharge that he could sustain. And yeah. also his teleport, because um, he had a teleport that was also a recharge, but when he teleported, he automatically recharged a recharge ability, either the teleport or the other one. So that's... Gross. So he basically got two chances to recharge, and then he could teleport to recharge the other if he wanted to use the other, I had right? such
1: bad luck on the rolls on that guy, too. When I, no- I tried going for the knockout in oh, the yeah, other move. Ugh. <laughs>
0: when well, we did get
1: him, though, we got him in two wraiths, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, there was only two wraiths left, and one of them was almost dead. I think yeah. I had, like, 23 hit points left, but they're insubstantial, so, like, that 23 I, is yeah, more I, like 40, really. But, I, yeah. If I had that
1: new head will, I probably could have killed it. <laughs> and Leah, <laughs> Leah as the wraith killed me. She's <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to give up all my beliefs and everything because I'm a Wraith, like, I'm like, come on, you could have flanked with me. She's like, no, I'm just going to face through the walls. I'm like, I could have done so much more damage in the last couple rounds.
0: Yeah, really, I was thinking of not even having people come back as a Wraith, but I was like, okay, it looks like they are actually might be losing this. So, like, in the in the Oblivion Wraith breakdown, it says they can come back as a Wraith with free will. So I was like, okay, you guys can just come back as Wraith and do what you want, and no one who came back as a Wraith really helped the fight. They kind of just gave up and went off.
1: Like, I can understand, like, it sucks your character died and they wanted to play another game, but, like, like I said, two years of a campaign and we're right at the end. Like, the last dungeon, there's nothing after this. Like, why not just see it through? Like, I don't know. It was disappointing for me.
0: Well, yeah, and for me, because I spent all that time doing stuff. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the whole dungeon.
0: Okay, so, yeah, our, as is obvious, our fourth edition game is done. Uh, Kyle, who was playing the Sword Maze, she'll be starting a, uh, 4th edition campaign in Eberron that we're making characters for right now. Lots of, uh, (laughs) character Yeah, um, well, for me, mostly just variations of the warlord, because I'm gonna play a a halfling warlord who, I guess, is Eberron, is an Eberron halfling, like, in the plains, so he has, like, the dinosaur thing to ride on, and uh, the feet for the weaponry that they have. stuff. Yeah, and, uh, but in my background, actually, what my background is, is that, um, I was, I guess, like a wild halfling on the plains or whatever with them, but I went off and left, like, my people because some um some noblewoman hired me on as a uh, bodyguard, basically, and then I roasted the ranks in her house and mm-hmm. was able to become sort of like a general warlord-type character, but then uh, she died, she was ambushed on some... Th- I can't remember the exact specifics, I haven't written down, but she died on something, and I'd advise her not to go a certain way or something, but she was the only one who knew that, and people blamed me for her death, so, like, everyone started hating me in that place, and I left, and I Step guess that's gonna... Sauce. What? Stuff wing sauce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which probably makes no sense to anyone who hears this. I had wings <laughs> for lunch. But, um, yeah, so, I don't know. My, I didn't play my character sort of as, like, uh... I don't know, I guess, like, Matt in Wheel of Time, sort of, like, roguish or whatever, but, like, more serious in a lot of ways, and not, like, I guess not fed up with women in some ways, more than, like, he's always with women, I guess, in a lot of ways. Not not always with women, but he's, like, a player, kind of, in the books.
1: <laughs> a diminutive uh, player.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, my character's not Matt. Oh, okay, sorry. And then, uh, we're also, Leah, our friend who was playing the Cleric, She's probably starting a game in Anima Beyond Fantasy, which we haven't really done much character creation for yet because she won't give us the races. Yeah, we. <laughs> she's doing traditional fantasy races, and anyone who's seen the system, it's very I guess anime oriented, so they're not going with traditional fantasy races. They have like angel, angelic beings, and like yeah, and more sense, and, for her,
1: like uh, her campaign setting. Yeah,
0: her campaign is I would say pretty heavily influenced by like Final Fantasy style uh, RPG backgrounds and stuff like that. But she was planning to run in 4th edition originally, so I think she did a lot of work on having the elves, especially, guarding yeah. up the Tree of Life. In actuality, I think if she had known about Anima before she wrote all that background stuff, she could have just used Anima because yeah. it has like a Tree of Life type thing like she has in her campaign setting. Well, and- Anima
1: doesn't change it to the races now. Like It's basically she just replaces elves with insert race here
0: well I think that's what she's trying to do like she said three races she can do that with but the other five out of the eight she was having in her campaign world she can't so to be honest though since she's kind of a perfectionist I don't know how like can't it is like maybe she could just switch a couple of things or switch the flavor of the race in Anima and have it work but I don't know uh I have a feeling that she's probably just going to end up switching races to being mostly role-playing because it does look kind of hard to make uh, races in that. Yeah, oh, yeah. We want
1: to play some time this year, that is. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't
0: even... Yeah, who knows? I, which leaves my Eclipse Phase game starting uh, whenever you guys are done character creation. What do you think of Eclipse Phase so far? I know Kelvin and Kyle seem excited.
1: I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'll am i probably finish it later today, actually, since I'm here. Yeah. Um, it... Uh, I don't know. I I like I liked what I could get. Uh, I think the motivations is a really good way to uh, kind of tie in. Uh, be just something for the the GM. GM. I don't well GM. I, s- I suppose it would be with yeah. days. Um, it's just a good way for the GM to tie in people together. Like, and at least with the way we're doing it, we're tying in uh, our people are all working for Firewall. Yeah. So we're all gonna have our side motivations that we're trying to pursue on the side. Yeah, we also work for Firewall, so we're kind of together. And if our our different pursuits go against each other, we're also going to be clashing on the point where we have to work together for Firewall. So I think it's going to make interesting role-playing. Definitely, I can see interesting role-playing with Leah, just being that she is of strong opinion. Um, Matt, when he finally gets back from the Olympics and stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: Calvin and Kyle... (laughs) <laughs> In theory, they sometimes make good characters, but, like, Kelvin told me most of his character concept and it sounds pretty, pretty good, and Kyle's character concept sounds pretty good, too, but I find that a lot of times when it comes to, like, actually playing out the character concept, they can tend to be a little subdued and uh, not actually follow through with their, like, full vision of the character. They just kind of, like, tend to more follow along. I don't
1: know. The thing is, like, um, I find it's... Sometimes with Kyle and Calvin, all it takes is to kind of if, – if they'll – if take my character off, I'm like, okay, we can go down corridor A and pursue this, or we go down corridor B. And either Kyle or Calvin are like, let's go down corridor B. It doesn't take much to say – <laughs> you know what? There's a shiny red stick <laughs> down the corner. This, this is
0: completely leading on to the topic that I wanted to get to <laughs> after of dominant player personalities in games. Because we have like a huge issue in virtually every game I've ever ran, I think. Well, I can't really blame. in the. I ran a hero game that just, it was a hero in the Terran Empire and uh, sci-fi or whatever, and that just completely blew up. And I can't really say that your dominant personality was what gave you charge of that because you took the rank of captain or whatever, so you were, like, in your character build supposed to be leading. But in, like, almost every game I run, it, uh, it seems like you take the lead of, of the player group. And the one time I've seen you not really do that is in Kyle's game when uh, you were your druid. I don't remember his name. It was... it was Callahoof. Yeah, it was an Eberron game, and I was... uh. It, this was third edition. I was a shifter fighter, the fighter was really more like a warlord, I guess, in, like, theme or yeah. whatever. But, yeah, Calahoof was not a uh, dominant personality because he was kind of passive and druidic or whatever, but, like, anytime you're a character that isn't, like, by its nature passive, everyone else follows you. <laughs> well, it's...
1: <laughs> I find the thing is, and I notice this so much in your fourth edition campaign, it'd be like... What are we gonna do? And people are like, "Well, we could do this. We could do this." But no one like, no one has the actual go with it. No one would go with it. And I'm like, "Okay, you know what? Let's go then. Let's do this." Like, and there would be lack of planning. A good a chunk of times, no, the worst was talking to NPCs. Like, well, not NPCs, but talking to your characters. Like, <laughs> we have people with these amazing diplomacy checks, bluff, intimidate. And all these people can talk. I bring in my guy with, like, his plus one charisma and my no skill checks. And I'll go to say something. And you're, like, roll. And I'm, like, oh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of how I tried to get it under control in the end. Especially because I was running. Like, that was a skill challenge built into the adventure or whatever. And, like, basically give you, like, a a kind of a mod or, like, let you roll for the things that was coming out uh, role-playing-wise. But you weren't doing that great role-playing-wise either. So I was kind of, like, okay, well, I'll have you roll because... Maybe, like, you're convincing enough, it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, then, yeah, low-charisma rogue who's not really going to be good at talking to anyone, so you end up with, like, a leader who... Usually ends up just throwing stuff at people. Yeah, who, who, who somehow ends up in charge of all the negotiations or planning, but isn't really good at the negotiations or planning it aspects.
1: it was good because, like, me and Matt sort of worked something out in the end where I'd li- I'd be like, Matt, okay, you need to do the talking,
0: yeah, the only thing, if Matt was here all the time, it would have worked a lot better, because Aiden character was a paladin, so he had the good charisma and, like, diplomacy stuff, mm-hmm. and he's, he's, like, uh, one, of our, one of our, like, good role players, like, participating people who will, like, speak his mm-hmm. mind and stuff like that, but the problem is he's, he just, he's not there every game, he's yeah. gone, like, maybe every third game or every second game, just because he and, can't like, make it. I find, like, I think, it, and then you take the remainder, like, Allie's not
1: very sociable in games. Like the Wheel of Time game, she was. She really enjoyed that. She got really into that. I noticed with fourth, she doesn't really get as quite into her characters. And I always echo her
0: on. I'm like, listen, you should you should do it more. The amount of times I heard her quietly say something that was like exactly right for you guys to do, and like half the time you're talking at the same time, and yeah. no one pays attention to what she said, and she's too shy to like push it out there again or to yeah. say it louder. And it's an like, the exact right thing. And I'll just be thinking like. Wow, that is exactly the right thing. Should I say something or should, like? But everyone else is too involved in the other argument of the conversation or whatever, and then it just sort of gets bypassed. Sometimes the same thing happens with Kelvin too. Because I think it's people, when people don't have the confidence or strong Absolutely. convictions in what they what they think, because they're unsure about the role playing world or their characters, or maybe just think like because like uh, uh, you you have like more experience in Allie, especially because like, this is your first like D and D game, I guess oh, she's or whatever, been right? role playing for a long time though. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I'd say D D comes along with a lot of like rules, stuff mm-hmm. that you might not be confident in. And also, I made my own campaign, so you might not be confident in understanding where I was going with my campaign. And then also just, like, the general, like, racial stereotypes that happen to come along with it, too.
1: That's true.
0: And also, it's a uh, it's very different... Um, like, uh, most of our role-playing in the past has probably been online, right, I think? Yeah, This yeah, is what I gather. And I find that a lot different. Like, mm-hmm. online, you don't, like... Um, you don't need to come out of a shell to roleplay or to like make sure like your character's opinions are heard or whatnot. like um, online it you can just say whatever you want and you're sort of anonymous or whatever so and you also have some time to think as you're typing and stuff like that and I just find like from when we used to roleplay online uh there's a lot more actual role-playing, because, like, if you're going to talk out a character, you have to do something to talk out a character, like, put double brackets or stuff like that. Yeah. So your first inclination, rather than talking out of characters, is to talk in character there. yeah. But, um, I think that, uh, definitely a, a lot of the issue that I hear from other people, because, like, the game will go through, and people, like, say their comments in-game or whatever, and then, like... Uh, because you're a stronger personality type, everyone will just sort of, like, whoa, you'll funnel, like, everyone <laughs> along with you or whatever, because I think everyone else is trying to get, like, a group vote going, but half the people aren't interested in, the like, group vote <laughs> style.
1: They're just like, oh, whatever, or whatever, right? Well, that's the thing. But it's the whatever. It's, like, it... It's the problem, like, if I'm, like... Like I said, like, if, let's go down this way. Calvin will be like okay. Kyle be like, okay. Unless he's, like, strongly opinionated against it. Oh,
0: yeah, because Kyle and Adam are probably talking about something else, not even at the table, so I yeah. don't know what's going Adam on. And just they come. just, by default, agree with what you say, so it's two votes out of, like, the seven yeah. players yeah.
1: on towards you. And, like, Leah you can't argue with. If Leah doesn't want to go, there's
0: just, you can't... That's the thing with Leah, like, you just can't well, negotiate. Uh, I would say she probably who complains the most after the game about you leading the group, and it's, like, Yeah, that's the thing. She doesn't negotiate. Like, she'll be like, no, my character doesn't want to do that or whatever, right? But she doesn't put... I don't think she puts in a big enough effort in character. Or maybe she just doesn't know how to... Phrase things so other people listen to try and get them to listen to her character over your character like instead of like giving her logical reasons or whatever or laying out why she's right she'll just sort of like get strong headed and put down her foot and say a certain thing and then she'll either just give up when everyone else is following you and follow along or she'll like go and do something rash to try and prove you wrong which doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily work or things like that but um I think the ma- I think that that is a major problem that when people do disagree, it's always one person that disagrees at the time, like, and then they're not as good at convincing anyone else to come along, or they're not, or I, I it's I think it's also part an out of character thing too, like, um, generally. Uh, You talk more out of character and maybe people like sort of listen to you about games more out of character because you play a lot more video games and are uh, generally rules-wise more knowledgeable and stuff like that. Uh, So people just tend to default to your decision if they have an option and they're not listening to either side of the argument.
1: I know like a while after, uh, what was it? You know that one game where Calvin was like, I have this idea and we went with my idea instead. And then afterwards, he was like, I knew we should have done that idea. it was, it was it- the dwarf thing, going through the portal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was, like, a perfect example. He was like, it's, it's what I was saying, like, people, I find, like, after that, I was like, okay, listen, if you guys want to do something, let's talk it out even further. We'll get everyone's opinion on it. Because for a while, like, I was like, okay we'll talk, what are we going to do? And everyone's like, I don't know, we could try this, we try this. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a good idea, that's a good idea, let's do this one. And then afterwards, someone would be like, what's, what's like, after the game, like you said, you get flack, and I'm like, you know what, like, I don't want to get flack for being a leader when no one wants to speak up, like, and I've been, I don't know, I got annoyed with it, because it was just like...
0: And I think the thing is that, like, um, I noticed when, like, you, me, and Matt are role-playing, like we'll role play through that decision and have fun like role playing the decision and all the parts of that mm-hmm. but Uh, I found in my game a lot of times, like, it was just a whole bunch of people out of character arguing, and then people are just like, okay, whatever, I don't want to, like, argue, let's just get on with the game, because they're not considering it part of the game making that decision. They're just considering it, like, wasting time we could be playing the game because they're not doing it in character. And I think that, um, in the case of, like, that incident, with, uh, uh, they could have chosen to go through a portal to go to another city, or, uh, what Kelvin's idea was to was to try and get I think a dragon to mm-hmm. go and fly around so that they could land near there and uh, like I mean it was pretty obvious I thought that the portal would be heavily guarded because a war was going on and it was really the best way into the city um, except for that it's an obvious way in the city so it's going to be guarded but um, I think the problem with that was yeah Kelvin made a suggestion or whatever but you. Uh, made your, su- your suggestion and thought it was better, and then no one else really cared, and Kelvin didn't want to argue about it, so it sort of just got, like, thrown aside. But I think a lot more needs to happen in character. Like, I think Kelvin's character... Kelvin's character, one, is smarter, and two, is more charismatic than yeah. your character. So right there, Kelvin's character should have... More he- he- yeah, he was-, he was right about it being easier overall. I think it just took a bit longer. But, um in character, he should have been willing to, like, have an argument with your person or at least point out why he thought his was better. Like, I find a lot of times people have their ideas, but then they don't explain why their idea is better or what the problems with, like, someone else's idea is. Like, um... I think that's why you tend to win a lot of arguments because you'll point out flaws of the other person's idea, which people don't generally do. Like, Leo will, Mm -hmm. but, um... On occasion, but I find that, that like too many people have already shifted to your opinion for it to matter, and and also when she's arguing, she comes off very aggressive and strong headed. So it seems like she's attacking rather than like trying mm-hmm. to come to like a thing, which I think just immediately turns people off her idea, even if it is right or might be better or things like that.
1: I just remember when I went through that portal, and I was invisible going through the portal. Like I drank that potion, and then I went through the portal. And I, like, came out, and I could see my hand. as like this (laughs) demon and a bunch of, uh, those creatures. And I was just like, fuck, and you ended the session. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, and then
0: I took the time to make the encounter and gave the guy dominate. It was awesome. (laughs) Because I was kind of thinking you guys wouldn't do that, or you'd have a better plan. But, uh, actually, I I think I had the encounter made first. You did. Yeah, because that's how I knew the invisibility, the anti invisibility ritual would be there. Would be there. But, um... Yeah, I guess basically then, if for a conclusion for that uh, topic of uh, dominating players, um, I think in a certain respect, like it depends on the character that the dominating player is playing. Like Shadow would definitely talk out like you were or whatever, so I like it would it wouldn't make sense for you to downplay him to dominate less. Like so, I wouldn't say like the role playing uh, fault if there like is one is on you. Uh, if uh, I would say that kind of the rest of the group needs to pay more attention to if someone is dominating and also what the character is actually like in game. Like, if the onus is kind of on other people, because Shadow would be saying what you're saying, like, he's definitely, like, probably smart enough or whatever to, like, put his point out, and you're not, like, charming people when you say it, you're just saying it pretty straight out, so I don't see how the charisma. your charisma not being exceptionally high would relate um i think it's sort of on other people to realize okay i'm getting told this but i'm getting told this by a character who's not as smart as my character and not as charismatic as another character who has a suggestion so maybe we could take a little time to role play out like who Mm -hmm. my character would actually listen to or like role play out the character with a different opinion um offering up uh, their suggestions and uh, reasonings behind those suggestions and uh, stuff like that, and maybe people need to when they do find that there's a dominating player, and that and that I wouldn't say that you like necessarily over overly push anyone into your opinion any more than your character would, so it's not like. You, you're not generally saying, like, okay, well, I'm going to, like, do this anyway if the rest of the group disagrees. If you have a player like that, I think it's, like, a bit of a different situation. Yeah. Because, yeah if you have a character who's all constantly trying to get their way by abusing, like, the fact that the game's going to slow down to hell if people aren't going somewhere together, or... um.
1: Well, that was one thing. Like, I'd always... If I knew my opinion wasn't going to get followed by the whole group, it's like, okay, well, we have to think of something else then, because...
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I think the onus in a situation where you can't really blame the character who's dominating because they are playing pretty team-spirited and in character they're just having their opinions out there and no one else is, I think the onus kind of falls on the either the GM, like maybe I should point out more, like, oh, well, maybe you should consider this person's opinion if I can or whatnot, uh, but I think it also falls kind of on the other player characters to realize what's happening like, they do realize what's happening, but to, to sort of take into consideration that they're constantly following uh, one person's idea over other people's, and that in character, it might not realistically be that way, and that when other people have ideas, their characters might be inclined to tell, like, the uncharismatic rogue to be quiet while the other person's talking, mm-hmm. because I think that so- uh, would solve a lot of issues I think basically the core thing is when there's an argument, have that argument in character, don't have it out of character, and don't consider that argument to be a waste of time. If the argument's about something in game, don't consider yeah. it to be a waste of time that's delaying the game. Consider it to be like part of the game, no, like it's the in character argument. I'm yeah. Playing.
1: It well like countless times I'd argue with Leah. And th- I think it's it's um it's why I like the motivation idea a lot in Eclipse Phase, because we had our backgrounds. Now, obviously, my character is sort of widespread, but he's got his background. He has background with her, the goddess, who was basically the villain in the story. Yeah. Why I wanted to... I wanted to fix things. My eye had recovered from the demonic infection. I wanted I was basically turning over New Leaf, trying to be, like, a good character. I wanted to stop the war and stuff. That was my opinion. I was willing to go to any means to pretty much stop it. Now, Matt's character, for example. Matt's character had seen about as much as me. He was like, okay, well... Yeah, let's do the right thing. Uh, but I noticed with some of the characters, unless you played on, like, something really... Smooth, like, like something huge, like, Calvin's people. If, unless it affected Calvin's people, Calvin would follow along into so, a living. And the problem
0: was, before Calvin was Riley, when he, back when he before his first character that died. Zach. Zack. Yes, and Zack had no care about anything, so he, he, like, literally didn't have any motivation to even, like, be along except for you, so... Mm -hmm. And then, because Calvin's sort of, like, I guess, not a dominant uh, personality type in most role-playing stuff, his default was to follow the character who was the reason he was there, and also, like, the person he'd known the longest in character or whatever, so... Mm -hmm. I think another issue is, too, I had written up my background and all that stuff and had tons of things, and Adam gave me a pretty detailed background yeah. with, for the city of Plorn, which I used at higher level because I could see, like, higher level stuff there. And, um, and then your background had tons of information, and stuff like that, but no one else had a background I could make anything in the adventure off of mm-hmm. or, like, do anything. So, uh, because... Kyle was his Dragonborn to begin with, and oh, uh,
1: but originally Dragonborn. Yeah, his
0: Dragonborn didn't even fit into my world. I had Dragonborn as like the desert people, kind of like Iial or whatever, and um, they had like their their own thing. Like I had t- I had tons of information uh, on it, and Kyle like was like, "Oh, I'm playing this Dragonborn who worships Bahamut," and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, there is no Bahamut in my game." He's like, "Yeah. Well, can I have like?" him worship Bahamut, and maybe like Bahamut spoke to him and like, okay, you know what, yeah I'll, you if you really want that, I guess I I guess I can let there be a Bahamut God and you like maybe be like a prophet enlightening like the Dragonborn. And he's like, okay, well I also want my Dragonborn to like be shiny silver or whatever when I, I don't think in D D they yeah. really are like that. And I was like, okay, whatever, because he wanted to be the only dragonborn that was like that and I figured, you know what? If it makes him it. happy and he's already doing yeah <laughs> he's already doing the <laughs> Oh, funny fact, you know what his next character, after his current character in my game, like, if you guys killed, uh, if you guys were going to fight Corlin at the end of the game, killed and, like and, and killed Gaelic, his next character was a Warforged. Uh, <laughs> what? From boring. No, 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 uh, you know the uh, mechanical man I had that Yule making? That was it. I worked it in that oh, wow. way. So it kind of at least made sense the campaign. It made more sense than his Bahamut Dragonborn. But yeah, I couldn't really use. I did have the Dragonborn in the beginning of my game, but I couldn't really use much of his background because essentially the only motivation he had in his background that could be used at all for my campaign was that he wanted to enlighten Dragonborn about Bahamut. Didn't you, weren't you going to involve it in the newer world, though? Oh, um, in, yeah, in the newer world, because the Dragonborns, uh, because it was, oh, in my game, there was, like, a, t- a temporal sort of anomaly thing, and they changed the timeline, but in, in the new timeline, Dragonborn were created differently, because in the original, they were created during a war between dragons and dwarves, but in the, that war didn't happen in the new timeline, so I had them just created by dragons, and they were in, like, the dragon land, so they were sort of, I kind of pretty much had to completely change their background, so Kyle's character would have fit in more with that, because okay. that's where I was able to... Add in some of his uh, stuff. But, like, I'd already made my world before you guys made your characters and given him the information mm-hmm. about stuff like that. He just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to rewrite all my Dragonborn yeah. stuff in the campaign because he wanted to play like this other Dragonborn. So, basically, I had your background. Leah had a, a kind of okay background that never ended up coming to fruition because it had to do with the el- Elven Guards that uh, the Shatter Kai were worshipping or whatever because I, I used Shatterkai as a basic template for, like, Dark Elves because I didn't want them to be like Drow and them to be kind of different and not really evil necessarily. Mm-hmm. And um, she, ha- she had this thing where she wanted to find out about all the gods and stuff like that, which I was kind of introducing. And like when that pie uh, attack happened, I was hoping to lead you guys in that direction. And also I was kind of hoping that she might just like, when you were in the area, kind of take you guys over there to find out some stuff because on her travels she wanted to do that. But I didn't really have any, after like the several plot hooks I had sort of got botched, I didn't really have a solid way to bring you guys there until the Shatter Kai had to come and rescue Plorn from the attack. Because mm-hmm. um, there was a big attack on the city, and uh, I had the Kai, uh come in and basically save the city. And I figured, okay, well, here's the chance, because now she has a chance to talk to the elves who she was really interested in, and she never uh, followed through with it mm-hmm. role-playing-wise or anything like that. So I kind of, like, after my first couple attempts to steer the thing that way, and, and it just wasn't happening, and then... Her, uh, her not really following up with it at all. Um, that was pretty much it. The only other link in her background I could use at all was her father's previous. Uh, she, he, her father was previously a soldier in a city called Lionhead that I had, and um, you guys met him, and he sort of More came like, into play for some. Even minute, when she uh, met Allie's
1: character, who was her sister, like, yeah. she was like she was like, "Oh well, I never knew you, so it doesn't matter." It's just like,
0: "Wouldn't you like?" I don't know. Yeah, that didn't work out that great either. Um, Allie's original background I used to, when you guys got to the Elven thing, and I, I used that to sort of get you guys some of the way going, I think, there, so that kinda came into play. But again, like I found a lot of backgrounds. Like Allie's wasn't bad, like it was well detailed and well written and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It just after the background there was no more motivation. Like yeah. she got out of the situation, so her background was kind of wrapped up and I don't think she was really looking for anything Character-wise, after that point, and other than just adventure or whatever, there. yeah. Um, and uh, Kelvin's background made no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just wanted he wanted to play a human character. He used to play from my first campaign, but he wanted to play as an eladrin, or it was an eladrin or an elf. I think it was an eladrin because yeah, there was Eldrin, three eladrins. Yeah, Eldrin. yeah. So he wanted to play as an eladrin. So yeah. his care, his dead character soul somehow found its way into this Eldrin. He didn't bother reading anything of my campaign world. There was no motivation beyond him being reborn and him also knowing Dan's character, Shadow, and that, that was pretty much it. He didn't write down anything, I don't think. Like, yeah. He just told me that word of mouth, and that was all I all I got, and it didn't make much sense. And I remember at the beginning of this campaign, I was like, okay, well, if you guys want to play the original characters, like there has to be a way they can work into this world that like makes sense and is like, good or whatever, and I'd prefer you to just play other characters, but you guys were really set on bringing back your characters from my first campaign well, or whatever. That's why I tried to yeah. write a
1: huge one. Yeah, you
0: always worked in, and that's why it ended up becoming, like, a fairly pivotal in the campaign or whatever, but, uh, Kelvin's was just like, oh, I want to play my old character, but have him as an eladrin. so there's a soul transfer that I don't explain, and, Mostly um, like in this Kyle's world. Well,
1: Kyle's just
0: like... Well, Ka- wow. to Kyle's credit, his character wasn't the original Phoenix. His character... Was in supposedly from this world, uh, just modeled after his original he character. Like it was, though. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And then um, what other character? Oh, Adam's Adam. character was worked in well, but all of his stuff was in a the other side of the continent. <laughs> so uh, I did use a lot of his stuff later on, and he did get involved when it was happening. Mm-hmm. So. Adam's stuff kind of went that way, but just Adam misses a lot of sessions, and he's definitely not an in-character role player like at all. He's half the time he's not even paying attention to the game, really. So, um, if Adam had have had a more, if Adam was more of a dominating personality type in the game, he is outside of the game, but in the game, he's not for some reason. Then I think his character could have been just as prominent as like yours, but uh, I guess what I'm saying is that when you have a group that is like our group really you can't uh, if your character doesn't have a strong enough motivation or a reason to push the group then um you swept along. then yeah and out of character you're you're not willing to push at all like that with your character then yeah you get you get swept along and uh unless me or Matt are playing in the game with you that's gonna happen it's
1: like, it's like um I pull, like, a Rand, and everyone else is just getting stupid. Yeah, exactly.
0: To it. That's why I'm looking forward to Leah's and Kyle's games where I can play, because yeah. I DM way more.
1: I'm really looking forward to actually role-playing with you.
0: Yeah, because I find it works out well. And uh, also, I just find that, like, whenever you have at least two people who can role-play the game, it's way more role-play. Like, Kyle's... Um, Kyle's Eberron game... Eberon game that we spent so much time role-playing compared to so many other games, and I was having so much fun with that. And it was just because, like... Well, actually, it wasn't even so much Matt, because Matt's character was pretty quiet, and I was playing a quiet rogue.
1: Yeah, he didn't want to get the... Yeah,
0: so he, so he was he still added in stuff when he could or whatever but a lot of it was like you, me and also because my character wanted Kelvin's character who was a Warforged under his command I, I, I like I was trying. finding something like that where I can drag someone who's not really to roleplay into the roleplay so like I was kind of Kelvin when when Kelvin is made to roleplay he roleplays like yeah. decent like he just doesn't start initiated yeah, very often so um so when I could drag him in then it was like uh, the role. Campaign got started or whatever and that was great. That campaign just killed me because I came up with so many creative ways to get out of all Kyle's
1: little traps <laughs> and he kept Fucking me over. Yeah. The jail was the the worst. The
0: jail was the worst because he made the patterns on the... He made these patterns on the wall. We were stuck in jail. There's, like, no way to break out. Like, anything you did, it wasn't even necessarily a check or it was a check. And the DC DC's, like, way beyond anything you could ever accomplish. So, like, there's no way to get out of this jail and not get thrown back in, like, five seconds later by guards. But Kyle's weaving, like, this tale of, like, possible escape or whatever, where all along the walls there's a pattern you can follow, it looks like it's a clue, he's playing it off like it's a clue, it's nothing.
1: I actually managed to get out. I yeah, yes. I morphed <laughs> my way out in 3rd edition, which was only yeah. a couple times a day. I get out, I get in the hallway, and I instantly get overpowered by guards. I don't even get a yeah, chance at it. That's the
0: only way you can get out of Kyle's traps if he's not familiar enough with your character to know your powers, and you can make him have to contradict himself in order to stop that power, then he'll let that power go through, but come up with another way after that point to stop well, it. Dude, my character I, ended his know, campaign. I I don't even care about, like, not letting us out of the jail cell. What I care about is that he, like, strung us along for, like, a half an hour of trying to figure out a puzzle that didn't exist. Yeah. Only to be rescued. Like... I tried everything I could reasonably try in character to get out of that prison cell and as far as I can tell there was no puzzle there was no way it was just it was just designed he was describing like a puzzle uh, to try I guess he's trying to facilitate role playing or something like that but like there is a point where when you're trapped in jail like your characters aren't happy they don't want to be talking a lot they're like oh god like what are we going to do or whatever and like you reach a point where you run out of conversation topics that aren't getting a name or, like, just mm-hmm. dice rolling to play a game to pass time or things like that. And we tried everything to break out. It was just getting frustrating.
1: Yeah. No, I, I don't know. That's the only thing with Kyle's games. If you, The thing is, like, if you can at some point turn something that he definitely doesn't seem coming or he doesn't have prepared for, it just, like, landslides his campaign.
0: I'm okay with a certain amount of cinematic stuff. Like, I don't mind how we'd kill that guy and he wouldn't actually die. He'd, like, escape or whatever. Yeah, like, that's cool. And, I, you know, I wouldn't have minded if when we woke up to find the disc gone and you, like, tackled that chick off the boat or whatever that mm-hmm. happened there. Like, I wouldn't have mind if he had have just said, no, you can't, like, she gets away. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have really minded that because, like, it would have... Uh, made the storyline better I guess because in the end it kind of killed the storyline us getting that uh, she, artifact she back high,
1: she should have gotten in the air yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah
0: I know but I mean I wouldn't have minded if he had to just sent him seeing that away but like I think that was what really killed the campaign us recovering that artifact because I think it like um, messed up his adventure line and then he had to go back and write a whole bunch of new stuff, and it never kind of recovered like his his timeline for all that stuff. But I wouldn't have minded if he had just said you couldn't, but the problem was that he didn't say that you couldn't uh, interact with her or attack her or stop her and he kept it going on long enough where it was like okay if at this point he just like sent him a scene that she got away it wouldn't make sense because he's mm-hmm. let you do all these roles to try and catch her so far and it becomes something like the the prison scene where if at the end you just can't recover the thing no matter what you do even when you have all these powers that would let you and he's let you go this far then it becomes like okay well why the heck did you let us go that far and not just say she's and escaped? then he brought
1: in his rules like ripping off wings when I like yeah and stuff, and then I couldn't take the artifact to, like, the tr- the, the archdrew to, like, the the, the Eberron, that big tree. I was just like, it won't take it. I'm like, how am I supposed to protect this?
0: I think I think the thing is that he needs to become better at improvising ways to um, to get around what the players do. Like, if his storyline will, one, be broader scope of your storyline, but if your storyline is reaching these like crucible moments where something needs to happen and if it happens another way it's, and you're not that fast at writing storyline when it goes awry or improvising when it goes awry then you need to make sure that that thing is going to happen because yeah. like you you can't let the players like when it's that reliant like the whole story arc is that reliant on that one event you can't let the players like screw up that event unless you're ready to let, let yeah. it happen yeah. um, and I, I think he never comes up with uh, really inventive or good ways to do that like if uh, he had to come up with a reason why you couldn't see the archbishop or not the archbishop too yeah. much vampire uh, <laughs> um, the archdruid uh, if he had to come up with a reason why we couldn't get to him or you couldn't see him or like a better explanation of why he couldn't house the yeah, artifact yeah. then it would make more sense
1: it just I don't know I would say he should just when he when he comes up with that sort of situation like okay I'm gonna have this creature go and try to take the disc I'm going to allow them to be able to hear it hear it with an option of them waking up. If considering the importance, we would definitely try to get it back. Now, he should have planned if we could attack it, it the the option that we do get it back. Like there should have been basically contingencies and the follow-up. Like yeah, if I hadn't been able to get to the tree, like perhaps it had gone into a great slumber, there was a curse or something. Like that.
0: Or even um, like the way I would look at it is, if you guys managed to get the disc, uh, it was a disc, right? I think it was. I think it. So, yeah. If you managed to get the disc artifact back from the first attempt to steal it, I, then I'd make a second encounter to steal it because they really want it. So why wouldn't yeah. they ha- have another attack plan? And then you can make that attack. Uh, an even more powerful encounter or a better encounter or one with a greater chance of success. And not only are you, um... Are you letting the players do what they want and interacting with the storyline, but you're filling time because <laughs> I think that's one of the most important things. Like, no one, when they work all day and have to, like, go grocery shopping has time to prep, like... 400 hours of pure investigative story, yeah. so you need encounters to fill that time out. So, heck, heck, if I can get in another encounter that makes sense in the storyline, and especially in 3rd edition, it won't take, like, 3 hours, like, 4th edition, so you can add in a little more combat when it actually makes sense to, or or whatever. Like, heck, that's, that's game time. I don't have to prep anything for, except for, like... Pulling out a couple of monsters, and when your goal is to steal something no matter what and get away, those yeah. monsters don't even have to have HP. You can do whatever yeah. you want, you and just want and, and just make sure they have a way to get out, and and that players can't catch them, or if they can catch them, they have a way to like trip the player up or stop them from doing something. And that 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 makes for like a cool encounter. And like as a GM, your players don't know that things don't have HP. They don't know yeah. that like they're never going to be able to win if that's you have a plan. That's the bad part about minions. <laughs> Oh, minions... Uh, I, <laughs> minions seemed like a good idea, but I find that in most groups over four players, they're completely useless. Because you're going to have a, at least one controller and someone else with an area attack, and then all the minions are dead unless they're respawning mm-hmm. or something.
1: Barbs. Oh, you know, barbs are limited. They Minions don't count to their rage abilities. Oh, really? No.
0: Oh, man. All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? What else was on the list? I don't remember. We're, we're going to talk about dominating players. We're going to talk. Oh, we didn't talk at all about Leah's game. Well, we talked a bit about it. Uh, we don't know what characters are gonna place, so it's not really worth talking about. Uh, we talked a bit about Eclipse Phase. I don't know
1: my concept for that game. That's what it. Is. We didn't talk
0: about your character for Kyle's game at all. Oh. If you want to talk about that, I don't know.
1: I just had to. Basically, I'm debating between the Druid, which um, I'm being a Wildland Druid. Um, I'm going mostly ranged. I dropped forms completely because I found the controls a lot better on the spells. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff... Like, I already know I have, like, two things. Like, if we get in a big fight, I have two things that can sustain minor. And I'll basically be able to keep a good amount of control on the field because, like I said, um, when I played controller in Leah's, like, high-level game, I loved it. Being able to just, like, lock stuff down on the field and uh, if I can sort of guide enemies away from us and kind of keep them on Calvin because if I'm not a defender... If I'm not the Defender Striker, I'm thinking he's going to be our only Defender. Mm-hmm. And um, if he's a Paladin, Paladins are kind of... I find that they don't have the best mark.
0: No, they don't, but I, it's because they have the healing. So yeah, when something does get hit, then they can help it out, I think, is the idea behind them.
1: Other than that, it's, it's the huge debate on what type of, uh, what type of class I'm going to put my Dwarf in. At the moment, I'm really liking Fighter Barbarian just because the amount of... I'm basically making a character that doesn't have any... He's going to get hit all the time, but I'm going for an absurd amount of temp hit points, and uh, he's basically going... He's a criminal. He's going to be... Me and my friend uh, Matt, another player in our group, we're both going to be having our characters related. Um, I believe he's making an assassin, and we're both going to be a pair of dwarven brothers, criminals. We're not sure what city we want to put our characters in, and uh, we're not... sure we're going to tie in, because we have to work on our background together, but uh, we weren't going to have, we weren't going to be completely evil, we just kind of take any job we can get.
0: Yeah, well, more like mercenaries then, but without scruples or whatever, Mm -hmm. I guess.
1: Um, Mostly urban. We, like, uh, we're probably Kyle's going to have to come up with some sort of way to pull well, us out of the city
0: what is Ka- has Kyle told anyone a background no. for Naka no, okay. because I, I made my character felt much considering that But he said his game was ready but he didn't give me any information I just so. want the
1: timeline because well, time, yeah timeline when it takes place deal. yeah
0: yeah um, uh, he did say that at one part, like, uh, he did tell me what it was, but I don't remember when it was, I know it was after the war, I think.
1: Yeah, it's going to be after what happened with our characters, and he's going to bring our characters back, I assume.
0: I think so, because, yeah, he specifically told us we couldn't play our characters from the short-lived 3rd edition game, so, yeah. Because I, mean, I wanted to play Karo as a warlord, because that's kind of originally how he was designed, so I thought it would start out well, and were cool and I liked them.
1: I thought it was funny because at first we were all pretty much remaking our classes and I thought it'd be neat because like we could probably get like hand-me-down it'd obviously be like an artifact at a high level but we'd get like hand-me-down artifacts or something. (laughs) I don't know. Other than that though, um, yeah, basically just going for the absurdly overpowered uh, 10 hit points. Hoping that works out because with rage and just uh, rage and at wills, it should stack up to like a certain amount per hit. And with your warlord, like warlords are good with everybody, but yeah. You tell a ranger to hit he loses his quarry after his attack. You tell a rogue to attack if he, he Wait, what? His... He
0: doesn't lose his quarry, does he? They only get it one uh one hit per turn, don't they? Uh oh yeah yeah yeah. They they only get the extra damage but the quarry yeah. still stays on, doesn't it? But Or uh, does it, I don't know. Yeah but like with uh with barbarians you're going like yeah,
1: have something with really high damage off the bat. So I think it'll be. Neat. Although
0: you only get for most warlord stuff, you only get the basic attack, so it's not as. Well, that's good. why I took the
1: the thing that replaces it, the at will. That you oh, you use. have an
0: at will that acts as a basic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That was that's what, that's what I was telling you
1: about. It does the. Uh, it's minus two to attack, but it does like monstrous damage. So. Oh
0: yeah, then I definitely need to get something to boost attack.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I have combat advantage which I probably will because me and Matt will probably be like S-
0: especially S- the one with the prone.
1: yeah that'll be not. really
0: good uh oh yeah I also made a vampire character because I'll probably be playing a vampire game so I guess there's I don't know is there anything else to talk about or should we just wrap up we're getting close to an hour
1: um anything else about the game I want to do the redo I don't that's I know no one else does know. so one one else I think does. that's dead would you still do it if everyone voted on it you think I kind of told, uh,
0: maybe, maybe. Oh, one thing that I did want to uh, talk about, like, I don't know if this needs to be on the cop podcast, but uh, we can edit it out if it if it's boring. <laughs> uh, for my birthday party, I think I want to do like an all night uh, role playing thing. I'm down. And uh, I don't know what I want to do though. Like, I was thinking of maybe doing like. Obviously, you're not going to be play- uh DMing. Well, I might, I might take at least one because I, I'm kind of thinking that I want to do uh maybe uh call of Cthulhu and uh Changeling and maybe do like an Osric uh game for uh like Osric's the first edition uh D D clone. Oh. Do that for Temple of uh Elemental Evil or Tomb of Horrors or, like, one of the really, like, good ones or really something. Great. And I don't I don't know if I want to run that, but I'm thinking that might be pretty quick because <laughs> it's pretty deadly, unless you guys do pretty good. And, um, I don't... Um, with the change changeling Call of Cthulhu, because we haven't ran in either of those before, I might just give, like, pre-made characters out and do, like, uh, a pre-generated adventure, depending on if I run it or not. I don't know. But th- those are all games that I don't know, like... I, 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 I could probably... Uh, you
1: should see if Adam probably. is willing to do an eclipse for your birthday because he'll know the stuff.
0: Yeah, he's he knows all that stuff, but uh, I don't know how much time he has or even if he'd be allowed to come because it really depends on when it is. Don't say when it is.
1: <laughs> it's a person. <laughs>
0: no, no I, meant when, I meant when it takes place. I didn't mean his girlfriend um. owns his balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: um I don't know I wanted to play Cthulhu Tech is that no what I, mean? I
0: don't oh. want, I don't want to play Cthulhu Tech I want to run Call of Cthulhu like so, the, do the, have the original I I haven't uh, acquired by unsavory uh. needs <laughs> so <laughs> 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 I wanted to um yeah I, it has a demo adventure in it and stuff like that and like yeah Call of Cthulhu uh nineteen hundreds uh, investigative. Demonic stuff based on okay. H.P. Lovecraft's writing. Like, I don't know if I had told you, but the Haunting Adventure is like, yeah, I'm like totally gonna probably kill like at least one character because of like, yeah, yeah, sort of Yeah, I remember
1: you
0: mentioned yeah. that. Oh, actually, funny thing too, I got invited on Saturdays to play a Cthulhu Tech game in Mississauga as well. So Think I don't know it? if I'll. I don't, because I'm going to that vampire one online maybe, and I, don't... I have no clue who the guy in Mississauga is. He just like contacted me off some uh, obsidian portal. You guess guess, uh, are
1: using, like, a row There's no one else there. Yeah. <laughs> a, a sacrifice.
0: You're here to service me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> That's the Christian view of d and right there. <laughs> oh. oh, I just thought of something else, too, that I, I meant to talk about, but I don't know what it was. So, oh, well. Uh,
1: that's not really remembering.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I remembered that I remembered something. Like oh, well, whatever.
1: Was it another system? Did you get another book Oh,
0: I know what I wanted to do. I wanted to rant about how shitty Brampton is for having gaming stores. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what you're saying. Because I went to freaking uh, Comic Warehouse looking for Burning Wheel because it's like... Actually, I found out after that you can get up eleven bucks shipping to Canada, which is like as cheap as you're gonna get shipping to Canada from the U.S. And Burning Wheel, by the way, awesome game. Maybe if I do get it, I'll I'll run that instead because I read I have the first edition handbook, not the revised one, uh, downloaded, and um, it looks like pretty sick, like for role playing and stuff like that. What sort of setting is it? Um, Burning Wheel, I think by default is fantasy, but it. Can sort of like, uh, you, I think you could sort of like arrange it to run anything, kind of, because, uh, they have, uh, Mouse Guard is based off of it as well. That's kind of fantasy as well, but it's like a, a different system or whatever. But, uh, I, I haven't finished the book, but it looks pretty cool. Like, I like, I definitely like the way the book's written. But anyway, I, at the time I thought the shipping canner was 22 bucks because that's what the default shipping was on peso for shipping it. And, um, I went to. I also wanted some gaming paper because I assume probably anyone who's going to be listening to this podcast that I don't know personally knows what gaming paper is but if you don't search gaming paper on Google, it's like essentially a roll of uh, paper that you can either get hexes or squares on and it's made specifically for being easy to use miniatures on and uh, stuff like that. It's Pretty neat. But I wanted to get some gaming paper just because I figured, like, oh, they might have it on the off, ha- off chance or whatever, and I was passing by on the way home from work, so I stopped off Comic Warehouse, which I almost never go to just because I don't think it's a very, like, friendly gaming store to begin with. Like, it's not very, like, conducive to being fun to go to. But I, I walk in and I feel like, I haven't been here in a while, I haven't talked to anyone here in a while, like, about anything, so I might as well see what the people who are here now are like. So I go and I look through the gaming stuff. They, to their credit, they do carry a lot of the big names. Like, they have Hero, they have GURPS, they have World Darkness stuff, they have 4th edition stuff. Um, and, um... I, the Hero Six edition books, it was the first time I'd seen them in uh, person. They're pretty hefty. Like, There's two books about the size of the 5th edition one as the core uh, s- oh, rule fine. set. Yeah, it, it's pretty it's pretty freaking big. And it, I was considering, like, huh, that'd be cool to buy, but I, I don't have the money right now. And, um, but I looked through their stuff... I um go up and the the there's a younger guy there. He's like, oh, can I help you or whatever. And he was nice enough. I was like, oh yeah, sure. I was wondering if you had any ga- if you guys stock gaming paper, right? So the owner he's standing right there. He's like, gaming paper. What do you mean gaming paper? There's no such thing, right? And I'm like, uh, it's this paper that you can pull out and uh, it comes in a roll and you c- it's done with uh, squares or hexes, uh, pre-made, so you can just. Uh, play with your minis on it, and he's like, oh, well, well, I've never heard of any sort of, like, gaming paper before, and we don't carry it. I was like, oh, well, gaming paper is, like, the brand name, so... I, that's why I called it that and he's like oh well, my DM comes to my games with some roll of like gridded paper kind of like that but you know what he probably gets it from uh, a paper distributor there's no such thing as like gaming paper and I'm like okay like whatever like I'm thinking like I just told you that the company's name gaming paper it's obviously yeah. and I'm also thinking like okay you're running a, a local hobby shop if someone's coming in asking for a product you've never heard of, I think you should be interested yeah, enough to at least wanna, yeah, at least, or at least if you haven't heard of it, maybe and it sounds interesting, you might be like, hey, uh, yeah, like what is this? What like is there a website that I can learn about it or like anything? Because like there's one thing like most like gamers like to do is like talk about the games they play and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And if you're like not wanting to hear anything they have to say about anything, that's like instant bad customer. Did like, he say interaction that his friend there.
1: definitely gets it from a paper No,
0: no, that phone. was the other thing. He said his friend had game like, like basically like, had gaming paper, but that then he said like his, basically his point was that his friend brings gaming paper to their sessions, but that there's no such thing as gaming paper and it's probably from another manufacturer. Like, or why I wouldn't why was he it? stock it? It's, it's obviously something handy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're I'm using it <laughs> I not it's like you're just sitting there, you're like, you know what would
1: be good in my store? Gaming paper, but, uh, uh, but, but then he I has the young, he has
0: the younger guy who was nice enough or whatever. He's like he's like go show him the the uh, dry erase ones we have, right? And I've seen like every dry erase one. i have considered buying one, but I don't think I'm gonna do much fighting in Eclipse Phase, so I kind of just wanted like a uh, gaming paper like four bucks. I just wanted to see like how it worked or whatever and get up there and I, and also Anima for Leah's game uses hexes and oh, so yeah. does Eclipse Phase, so I figured like it could be useful for either. But it's um, like birthday gifts. Oh no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but, but um, I, I uh, uh, so I went back to the guy with the Ches. They had Chessick, uh dry race ones, which I've have seen on uh, Pezo, and I. You know what? If I hadn't had such a bad experience, I might have. I I might go back and buy some. I still might go back and buy some because they're not that expensive and it's kind of useful. But um. Well, one thing was the guy said they were double-sided and they weren't double-sided, so he just didn't even know the product he was stocking. So I was kind of like, okay, whatever. And, uh, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, we don't have any double-sided ones. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested in the Cheswick ones or whatever. He's like, uh, is there anything else I can help you with, right? And uh, I'm like, I started talking to him a bit. I'm like, yeah, uh, well, I was I've been reading about this game Burning Wheel online or whatever. So I was wondering if you guys had it in stock because the shipping's kind of a pain. But it, uh, like I I don't ex- I don't think you guys probably have it because it's it's an independent game. They don't have like a, I don't think they have a mass distributor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not like something like D and D or even like a Club's Phase you can get through Amazon. It's not it's not like that. It's smaller. But I have heard of local gaming stores that are like into the indie scene or that like actually pay attention to stuff ordering it in um so I asked him he's like you know what? I think someone else asked about that game right and I was like oh wow there's someone else who even knows of Burning Wheels in Brampton uh this I actually looked online after and yeah I, I found someone on a forum like uh, 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 from Brampton who mentioned Burning Wheels so I was like oh well maybe there's like actually some sort of gamer population in Brampton like other than people we know who yeah. like, like exist I was surprised but um he was like, "I don't think we have it, but let me ask." Right, so I follow him back around to where the owner is, and he goes, "Do we stock Burning the Wheel?" Right, and uh, the guy's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's it's an indie RPG game. I just thought I'd ask if you had it. Well, uh, I was here." He goes off on like a ten minute rant. About the D twenty like bubble bursting and how he's not gonna stock any role playing games anymore that no one can name when they walk in and like he he's just ranting and ranting about how it's not worth his time or his money like I'm not getting a word in edge like, I'm not saying anything I'm just standing there and he's like seeming like angry it's like it's like he was angry at me for having some expectation that they uh, should stock indie games. I and like I, I preface what I was saying to the other guy by like I don't think you guys carry it, but I, well I'm here like I might as well ask. Like I guess he didn't hear that part, but like you don't need to get mad at someone for asking if your store has something. Wow. And, and I was just like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. And he, he ends this thing right. He walks over. He's like kind of angry. Like walks away from me. And he's like, you know what? If you give me the ISBN number for the book and the book title, I can talk to my distributor and I'll order any books that you want for you. But I won't I won't keep them in stock, right? And I was just thinking, like, you know what? If you had have said we don't stalk that, that I can check my distributor like if that's what you had have said and then during yeah. conversation it came up that like you got kind of screwed with people not buying D20 books or like you had been nice about it and explained like nicely that sort of deal. stuff I, yeah I might have like checked if his distributor had it but at, it was, at that point I was just like no it's okay I was going to buy some comics and I just didn't I just wow. walked out I didn't wow. even buy the comics I wanted to buy it's
1: funny that you say that because just yesterday I was talking to my friend Emily We uh, she came down to visit with uh, and we all hung out at my place, me, her, and him. And uh, we were talking about how, like, with customer service, like, the littlest bit makes such a difference. Like, if he, like you said, like, if he had been like, yeah, you know what, I can check my distributor. If After that, you would have been like, you know what, like, this guy, like, he's willing to check this stuff for me. You'd probably go down there when new books come out, like, yo, can you check this for me? And you could have, like, a long-standing arrangement. Like, it's just...
0: And, and yeah, that's the thing. At this point with Amazon, where you can get books at least twenty percent cheaper than you're gonna find them in any gaming store, there isn't a reason to go into a gaming store unless it's for the atmosphere. Unless you know you can go in there and you can talk about like what game you're playing mm-hmm. or like have some sort of rapport, because th- there is no incentive to go to drive out to like the outskirts of Brampton on Steels, to go to Comic Warehouse to buy something for like sometimes double the price it is on Amazon where I can get it delivered from Amazon in two days yeah. and it's like way cheaper. So like, the only reason I have to go there is if people are going to listen to me bitch about d yeah. <laughs> Which like, I listen to a fair amount of gaming podcasts online which is why I like wanted to do a gaming podcast. That... I get the feeling that in uh, in some places, places with successful gaming stores uh, uh, and stores that are still like alive, generally, like a lot of what brings people in is that they have ga- That some of them have gaming days if they have enough room. But even if they don't have enough room, even if they're like say Comic World in the city center, which is owned by Comic Warehouse, so I mean, I, I Comic World I haven't had any problems there. But like it's it's kind of small and you can't do anything. It's overcrowded and I like. I haven't had any rapport of people there either but it's not because they've been rude and mm-hmm. they might put their better customer service people there rather than the warehouse yeah. but like you need to have like a reason for people to come back you need to have like um, either um, either talk to them about stuff and try to find out information from them because like there's either two spectrums for gamers like there's the gamers that are quiet and if you don't talk to them they're not going to talk back to you yeah. and they're not going to be uh, oh I find a lot of them do want to talk like some of them are antisocial yeah. oh, no. like, yeah. they, they, they want they just need an excuse like they they don't know how to do small talk I think that's a problem with a lot of shy people they can't do the small talk to start a conversation but when there is a topic and they have an opinion on it then they can actually like a social opinion. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is for all the people who don't know how to communicate in (laughs) what what you need to do is you need to get a a topic for people to start talking about and like if you can get that if you don't even if even if your store doesn't have enough room to have like a magic card game going or to have people come and play games like that's another thing comic warehouse they don't do any rpga events they don't do any D D encounter events they don't do like any role playing events that at least i've heard of or that i can see i'm not entirely sure that that like i mean it could be that they've tried to do them in the past and there isn't a big enough game of population. Brampton has, uh, where we are, has like, I think 500,000 people. So it's a fair amount of people. But, um, and like I said, I found someone online from Brampton who knows what Burning Wheel is. So, like, that can't be too small a yeah. uh, group.
1: But, um, oh man, every time I, if I ever meet people and they're like, yeah, I play DD, I'm like, oh my god, like, the, the, <laughs> the clouds party, let's talk. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. But what you need to do is, like, the, the way you sell those D20 books that no one wants anymore, the way you sell Burning Wheel to people who don't pay attention online to indie RPGs, is you have a group of your friends there are playing Burning Wheel on weekends or on yeah. weeknights or whatever so people who come in they look over and they see these people having a good time and they're like oh what's that right and yeah. they want to go over and they want to see what it is or when someone's buying a 4th edition book maybe you go oh uh, you know you like 4th edition maybe you like this or talk to them about some of their interest try to get them interested in another game mm-hmm. and if there is a, a version of that game occurring right now you can even like let them come in and play yeah. for free because the book's already there that you're playing with I mean you're not going to lose business getting people interested in a new game show the store that's, I I always think this. I'm like, if Comic Warehouse and Comic World can survive when they like don't do anything, then how hard could it be to make a gaming store where you could like survive if you had people who are social or people who are good at customer service and are going to take the time to do RPG events or like even uh the White Wolf stuff. Like, there's White Wolf, uh, Camarilla. Or, or organize stuff for LARPing, which isn't as po- uh, popular, and a lot of people think it's weird or whatever. But it doesn't have to be that weird. Like you could take, a, you could at least be a, a point where people in the area can come to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of it is um, Toronto's kind of close, so you can go down to Toronto to buy your gaming supplies and stuff like that. But really, there isn't anywhere that I've seen that's all that impressive in Toronto either. Mm-hmm. And it's like a thirty-minute drive on a, like a good day. You can't stop yeah. by on the way home or anything like that. So, like, if, you if like, at the mall, they're they're doing all those expansions, if someone could open a gaming uh, shop in the mall there, I'm sure you'd have a customer base, especially if you sold Games Workshop stuff as well. Because the only place to buy Games Workshop stuff in Brampton is Action Hobbies, which is right near Comic Warehouse and has worse customer service and looks even more like trash.
1: So... That's that's all on... uh that's all down there, right? Yeah, all in steals. Oh. It's
0: all, it's warehouses, and it's not like it's warehouse that have been converted into looking nice. Comic Warehouse isn't that bad. They have a really shitty s- sh- setup, and I'm not sure how they haven't been shoplifted to fuck, because, like, you can't see... You can walk into Comic Warehouse, go to the gaming section, grab, like, five or six gaming books, and walk out, and no one can see you. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, they have an entrance with all their board games. Uh, you can... It, there's, like, a shelf of board games, like, blocks you, you can't even see the cash registers behind another shelf of comic things, there's like no way unless they have cameras set up that I don't know about for them to see anything in that store. It's, and I don't even understand why it's like that, because when you enter they have a glass uh, counter, that would be perfect for having your register at you could watch people coming in going out say hello do whatever you want there and uh they could move the board games to where the register is now and not only that but the front entryway looks nicer oh, yeah. than the rest of the store so at least you look presentable when you're out there but I, I just don't think they don't i think they don't care i think the real fact of the matter is that they're the only place in brampton that sells that sort of stuff they only have competition for comics there's a uh, I think, one more comic store at Shoppers World that opened up now. And, uh, I want to go check that out because they actually have a website, they have Twitter, and they are, um, th- they look like they're into stuff. They have a rewards program, apparently. Oh, yeah. So, that when you buy a certain amount of comics, you can get a free, uh, trade paperback. And, like, it sounds like they're really running their, uh, their business well, but uh, it also looks like a small place, and they don't sell uh, role-playing stuff at all. It just looks oh. like pure comics and manga. I'm so, um, try and get them
1: into
0: it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I think I might shift my comic business over there, even though it's a bit more of a drive. But, uh, the Comic Warehouse doesn't have a reason to change. They don't have competition. There isn't really anywhere else you can go to get magic cards. There isn't anywhere else you can go to get uh, any gaming stuff, really. And for the most part, they probably have comics cornered as well because they have the two locations. It's one of those situations like, man, if I had the money
1: to start something yeah, like
0: current... It'd uh. be awesome. But that is my rant about crappy customer service and no gaming stores being in Brampton.
1: <laughs> Just call it a then? Or...
0: Yeah, sure. Alright. Later all. Oh, if you want to email me with questions or comments, uh, my email is pj34 at hotmail.com Try and make the subject something clear, like a uh, hack DM or something, like just in there, because I get a fair amount of spam and I'm subscribed really? to a amount stuff that I just generally delete as well. So I'm going to actually put up a. You know what? You could try email hackdm at gmail.com because I, I've, I'm probably going to try and make that right after. I just don't know if it's available. All right. Peace.
1: Oh, goodbye. Sorry. <laughs>